0: danny hayden man tip of the tongue teeth in the lips oh right yes um yeah he says that. well i can't fault you there dan <laughs> um he does say that I, although it is not perhaps the standout part of the film i found no. that you are very good at picking out a line in a film that was just a bit obscure and weird that yeah i sort yep. of remember and sort of don't and you're very good at picking it out
1: and making me go was that in the film? Thank you. If that, if that was an occupation, I wouldn't be doing this, tell you that. No, you would be rolling in it. Yep. You would be the number one that, picks, that, guy that picks out quotes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe she could get a job for like, um, I don't know, the Guardians film columnist, whoever that is, and um, just pick out the most obscure quotes from whatever film they're talking about, that column.
1: Yeah, that it, it, it has nothing to do with the point that they're trying, but you just see like, a big headline of tip of the tongue, teeth in the lips, and the person that, that's reading it, really enjoying the review, sees it, and just says, what the fuck's that? has
0: what, that got to do with anything? Tip of the tongue, teeth in the lips? What? does any
1: kind of fucking sense? Who's written this shit? <laughs> Aye, they don't, They the don't do crosswords. Are they doing tongue twisters? Is that what that... Uh, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, before well, we get to all that... That
0: voice, it always reminds me of... Um, oh, uh, oh, God. Do you remember that joke that, that Simon made about the Scottish
1: news? No, what did it... Oh, I can't, it's, it I'm sure it was something hilarious. Uh. <laughs> he just... Um, I think it was an
0: excuse to make a, a a news joke he's made several times, but with a slightly different accent. <laughs> um, he said, um, hello and welcome to the Scottish news. He did a a, a Scottish accent because he's a skilled performer and I'm just, you know, some idiot from the midlands well um, it, was, it was all right but uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh hello welcome to the scottish news tonight the headlines are oh no you will not like that oh you will not like that <laughs> oh no you will not like that either good night what <laughs> just um
1: whatever you do the voice it puts me in mind of that joke well i mean to be fair i, d- I think that scotland uh, wouldn't ever shy away from the horrible stuff like <laughs> we we like that sort of shit, you know. We're 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 all about that. Um, everyone in Scotland just saying, "No, we're not." with if? Don't fucking listen to that prick. Uh, um, I would like to hear about the horrific, depraved things that have
0: happened. Yes, that sounds like a good time. Yep,
1: definitely. You know, everyone. It's what I want on the news. Everyone's had a drink in them. It's great. You know. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! i have just it's, I
1: right. I've never been to Scotland. I
0: I presume it's just a normal place. But every now and then you say things that conjure up these images in my mind that utterly skew my perception of what Scotland is like. Um, Listen, but, Lewis, like
1: after years of of being stereotyped, I now embrace them <laughs> and make up <laughs> and make up new ones.
0: <laughs> You're gonna tell everybody you meet. No, yeah. Everybody, everybody sits around a campfire. Yeah. At, at, at at uh, uh, at six p.m. for the news at six, yep. um, and somebody is there with their with their cards, and they talk through a hole in a cardboard box that we all pretend is a TV.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There have been there have actually been people that believed me when I said that we didn't have television, and I'm sure you <laughs> and, I, and I think you were there for some of it. It was on like the floor. I, I imagine log. I was, yeah. And you're just like, oh for fuck's sake, and I'm just like, no, we don't. No, we uh, we watch um. A, a, a weirdly entertaining stain on a on a rock. <laughs> it's our favourite yeah, show, um, Stain Man. <laughs> St- oh,
0: God. Stain on a rock. Next week on Stain on a Rock, Will <laughs> Gary break up with Stacey. <laughs> it's just a picture of the same stain week after yeah, week after week. Yeah, it's just
1: dramatic events that take place by this stain that's where everyone's going. Like gravitate. the room. Yeah, like the room. <laughs> it's dramatic
0: events that happen in a room. Yeah, but it's dramatic events that happen adjacent to a stain on a rock.
1: Oh for fuck's sake, right. Come on, <laughs>
0: Okay. Uh, right, I've got something for the bullshit. Um, Excellent. but we we do not have the wheel with us no, this week. Because it's um I'm, it's I'm um traveling.
1: It's... Yeah.
0: You know. No, come on. We can come up with a hilarious anecdote. Um because it's 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 um it's currently performing with the russian ballet
1: yes of course, of course. A hilarious yep.
0: <laughs> dancers are doing pirouettes and the wheel is spinning and people are going well this is good i mean it doesn't make much sense but it's good yep yep um uh, yep. so i'll spin the 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 backup wheel <laughs> <laughs> which is bigger and heavier and harder to carry around oh. which is
1: why you travel with it yep exactly um <laughs> that's good i like that uh
0: <laughs> I'll t- Discord hated that noise yeah. Whatever you did then I'm not sure if it's finished yet I'll tell you when it
1: stops <laughs> Okay good thanks Even <laughs> though it's <smooth> too. <laughs> So I'll let you know it's finished yeah. Okay okay good Oh that's it that's it done um,
0: Ah excellent right okay Um, An exciting trip to the vet With my wonderful cat Monica
1: Oh and how did that go <sighs>
0: Oh, I I have the scratches and but, and uh bruises to prove that I took Monica to the vet. <laughs> um Okay, imagine you're a cat. huh Um you're a pretty chilled out cat as things go. Um lots of cats are quite aggressive to to, to people. Um I remember I remember um years and years ago I, I did uh, um like rock climbing as a hobby and uh, one of the instructors I was working with uh said to me that when they were a kid they had a cat that just hated them it would sit in doorways waiting for them to come by and then whenever the child came by it would scratch at their ankles um but let's just say for a second that you are monica brindley who is not like that her interests include uh napping and um standing on either chloe or me at incredibly inconvenient times (laughs) Uh, that's essentially what monica's points of interest boil down to um we had to take Monica to the vet, not for any particular reason, just for a sort of a general checkup and to be able to have a look over and stuff. Um, I don't know if it's the same with dogs, but when cats have vaccines, um, they have like a vaccine when they're yeah. a kitten and then they have to have, um, like a booster one every year, like within the year sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, to make sure that they're completely protected from whatever, uh, from what, I'm not entirely sure, but from something, I suppose, um, so yeah, they she's um, she went to have the vaccine and um, the first difficulty I had was getting her uh, actually into the crate. Because uh, right. we have two cat carriers. Uh, one of them is the kind of thing that like a door opens on the front. You can probably imagine the thing I'm describing. A door opens on the front and one of them is the kind of thing where it's like sort of a cage and the top, the entire top can be like hinge, sort of hinges open like a chest. And then you put the cat in and slam the lid shut so she can't jump out. Yeah. Um, I tried the first one. Uh, she didn't like that. Um, <laughs> right. Basically, she was booked in on um, a Thursday one week at 3 p.m. or something. I remember thinking it was weirdly late in the day. But, um, yeah, it was about 3 p.m. And um, so at about 2 o'clock, I started trying to get Monica into the box. Right. Um, I picked her up. Which is, you know, she's fairly skittish, as cats go, but she's mostly pretty chilled out. So picking her up once or twice, she doesn't mind it too much, as long as you don't try and, like, I don't know, put her somewhere she doesn't really want to be. Mm-hmm. Like, if you try to put her in the bathtub, she'd probably be like, well, I don't really want to be here. But if you just put her on a bed or put her on a chair, she'd be like, mm, this is all right, I suppose. Yeah. Um, But I picked her up, tried to put her in the crate... She was in the um, in the bedroom, I think she was. And I picked her up, sort of hand, two hands under her armpits sort of thing. So she's this long spaghetti noodle of a cat right. just dangling <laughs> there as I'm carrying her around. <laughs> right. um, and I sort of went into the office where I'd put the, um, the crate on the sort of sofa that we have in there. And um, I essentially tried to just put the cat in the box. And she was having none of it. <laughs> right. This box was fucking chock-a-block with treats, with catnip, with a, a nice soft blanket uh-huh. to make sure that she had a wonderful time. But good no. God, she was not going in that fucking box. No. She leapt out of my hands and I sort of got in her way and I was like, no, Monica, you're going in the box. Um, I didn't shout at her because she hates loud noises, but I was like, Monica, you're going in the box.
1: Come on, let's go in the box. <laughs> you whispered um,
0: angrily, get in the fucking box. Yeah, pretty much. Um and to cut a long story short, I did not get Monica in that box. Oh, no. I watched um, 3 o'clock come and go, and I called the vet, and I said, I uh, I still haven't even got my cat in the box and out the door. I'm not going to be able to get her there on time. I said, okay, we'll reschedule an appointment for whatever date it was. Um, so we did. We rescheduled an appointment yep. for... It was um, another Thursday, I think it was. Um, but anyway, yeah. So you spent the week checking? <laughs> <laughs> You said, so, "Right, okay." I sort of, I've got a week. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of did spend the week gearing up. Actually, yeah, this is this is kind of true. Um, the the I got out the other crate that we have, which is something that we <clears throat> meant to take back to the shelter that we adopted Monica from, but we just haven't been able to because of COVID lockdown and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just still in our house. Um, so I got the crate and I took out the sort of it has like a sliding bolt that goes across the top corner and you sort of pull the bolt all the way out and then the lid swings back over like a chest like a chest yeah um and within the box there's like i put in like a little mouse that she quite likes and i put some treats in and i spread it with catnip and all that sort of stuff she was sat in the living room and the second she saw that box she was like no fucking way you are not getting me in that box but <laughs> i had had the forethought in this situation to close the door to the bedroom. Because when she gets under the bed, that is the only place I cannot actually reach her. Yeah. Like, in the entire house. If she's under a chair, chairs are sufficiently small that I can reach under and sort of scoop her out. But I I cannot, because it's a double bed, obviously, I'm not physically big enough to reach all the way under the bed. Because she can just run to the other side. Yeah. And then I have to chase her around to the other side of the bed and reach under. And she runs to the other side. And so it's a back and forth game that she loves to play, it would seem. Yeah. You're getting made up. Um... Say so that again. You're getting made a mug. I am getting made a mug of by my cat. Yep. Which is a wonderful time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, um, I Monica was sat in the living room, and I went in and I gave her a bit of a stroke, gave her a couple of treats, picked her up, and I tried to put her into the crate. Uh, just to sort of give you a bit of a bit of an idea, the the crate itself is perhaps um, 30 centimeters. It's like a it's a rectangular cuboid. Mm-hmm. Um, so the top is. And it sort of hinges along the long side of the rectangle on the top. So it's sort of um, sort of 30 centimeters wide and um, sort of 60 centimeters long. It's quite big. Um, so I thought, okay, it's quite big. She can see through the walls. It'll be dead easy for her. Yeah. Um, so I picked her up. Again, she's a cat spaghetti noodle. <laughs> and um, she. I, I sort of lowered her in slowly, feet first. um, and she'd sort of put two of her feet, on, two of her feet, on either side of the crate oh, to no. stop herself from going in. So she was sort of pushing back with her sort of thigh and hip muscles. And I was like, "No, Monica, come on, honey, you go. In, you have to go in this box it's for your own good." Um, so I sort of had to pick her up and twist her. So that she could not physically reach her legs wide enough to get to the either side oh, of the box no. and try putting her in. And then when she was about three inches off the ground, she realized what was happening, that I was putting her into a crate, and she freaked the fuck oh, out. Oh, fuck. She looked, she sort of looked around at me and went, meow 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 meow, meow Just sort of normal meowing, but very loud. And, um, I turned around with both of her hands and started cat slapping the shit out of my arm, my left arm. Um, and sort of went scratch 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 scratch. and i went oh fuck and like i dropped her about an inch into the crate yeah um she sort of hit the floor uh span round and was like took a second on the floor where sort of i was looking down at her clutching my arm and she was looking up at me like you just put me in a fucking box you (laughs) dick um and then she leapt out of the box and ran off into the house and i was like for fuck's sake um so i i looked i because this was um the appointment was at 10 and this was at nine (laughs) o'clock um and by 901 she'd already scratched me so that was exciting um chloe sent me a text saying how's it going getting mon into the box and i sent her back a picture of my bleeding arm and she went oh my god um so you know uh yeah there's a couple of scratches and bruises on my arm oh, uh, but you know i'm fine um but then so this is an odyssey so you know strap in for a long and boring story Um uh, monica I I realized had run off somewhere into the house but I didn't know where. So I started systematically checking rooms to try and find where she was. So it's like, okay, is she in the living room? Is she down behind the sofa? Is she under the under by the bookcase? Is she under the cat tree? Where okay, she's not in here. Close the door. She's not in the spare room. She's not in the office. She's not in the bathroom. And I was like, process of elimination. And she was under the dining table. And I was like, Okay, Monica, I can see you. You can see me. You're going in that box, honey. And then I started sort of trying to coax her out and gently sort of pick her up and sort of stuff. But as soon as she would get out in the open, she would run back into safety and I couldn't sort of get her in time. Uh And I realized, okay, the only way to do this is going to be to put oven gloves on and try and just grab her. Oh. Okay. In my defense, I'd been doing this for about 30 minutes. Yeah. With, well, and she was starting to get long, really pissed at me. It's
1: already and, a week-long um, process.
0: <laughs> precisely, yeah. And I said to Chloe, she's like growling at me and hissing at me. I, I fucking hate this. This is horrible. And Chloe sent me a text back saying, you're just going to have to grab her, babe. That's the only thing you oh, can do. No. She needs to go to the vet. It's it's the only sort of thing. Um, so I tried to sort of grab her. And she sort of, after a bit of me chasing her around the dining room and then me chasing her around the utility room um she went into the hallway where i'd closed all the doors and i was like yes this is my moment this is my chance (laughs) so i I feverishly closed the um kitchen door so all there was was like the sort of entrance hallway bit in our house the stairs and then the top landing and i was like okay and she was at the top of the stairs i was at the bottom of the stairs and i genuinely looked at her oven gloves on and said monica you are getting in that fucking box (laughs) And then I spent about fifteen more minutes chasing her up and down the stairs. Oh no! Um, which was an exciting time. I was like, "Come on, Mom, come on, come on, sweet. Oh, for fuck's sake, she'd run down to the, <laughs> the bottom of the stairs. Um, eventually, I think she just got knackered. I think I just sort of enduranced her out, basically. Um, and I, I, I've christened my cat picking up method the cheese toasty method. Um, <laughs> here's here's the concept. Imagine you've got a cheese toasty in a pan. Yep. And, um, you have your hands in some oven gloves. Uh-huh. Uh, one of your oven. and th- let's just, I mean, you know, we're replacing a, two spatulas for two oven-gloved <laughs> hands here, but, you know, yeah. uh, you sort of squish down on the cat with one of your spatulas, which actually apparently calms them down. I watched a YouTube video about this. Oh. Um, uh, was, and now I I have this phrase in my head, um, this vet saying, if your cat is stressed out, just gently press down on them, squish that cat, and they'll get really calm. Um, it doesn't work, but it does <laughs> seem to sort of calm her down a bit, um, so, sort of gently squish down on the side with one hand, and then you sort of tuck your fingers under the other side, and sort of flip her over like a cheese toasty.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: then you sort of gently squish down with the other hand, so you're sort of gently squishing from both sides, and then you can sort of scoop and pick up. And then, again, she's Cat Noodle, but she's pissed off this time. Yeah. So, she's sort of wiggling around like a little furious Cat Noodle, and then um, <laughs> you sort of gently lower her into the box. She realizes what's happening, and I'm like, I know, Mon, I'm really sorry about this, honey. You need to go into the box um and i gently put her in the box put my arm across the top of the box so she hasn't got any room to jump out yeah. while i furiously reach for the the lid which is like scattered away on the floor forgotten a million miles away I slam it shut <laughs> slide the bolt across and then sit on the bottom step and go <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> fucking hell
1: wow jesus
0: christ that was so much work and then look at my watch and think, oh, my God, I've spent half an hour doing that. I'm already almost late for the vet. And then oh, frantically throw on some shoes, pick up the cat crate and run to the vet. Oh, God, it was like a whole thing. And that's the cheese toasty method, folks. That's the, yeah, that's the cheese toasty method. Um, and I went through all that for the vet to tell me, uh, yeah, she's fine. Um, she's a bit fat, though.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks for that. Oh, God, it's an exciting time. Jesus Christ. That is one of the most horribly ridiculous stories I've ever heard in my life. Like, just yeah. the fact that it ended so shite as well. It's like, yeah, yeah, she's fine. She's fat, though. It's like, just, what the Because mm. I was expecting that, to be honest with you, I was
0: expecting the vet to say to me, she's a bit underweight, because um, she, doesn't, she doesn't weigh a thing. You pick her up and she weighs nothing at all. Yeah. Um, and, like, when you're stroking her, you can feel, like, her skull and her sort of shoulder bones and her spine and stuff. And I was expecting the uh-huh. vet to say, she's a bit underweight. Maybe we should feed her a bit more. Um, but no, and she's, the vet said, she's um, overweight. Oh, no, she's Pam. supposed to weigh about three and a half. She weighs four and a half kilos. And I was like, oh, right, okay.
1: Um, I'll feed her less then.
0: Um, so now I'm feeding her less, wow. as you do.
1: So she she's going to become more agile for the oh god i didn't even think of that yeah cheese toasty (laughs) method yeah Yeah, that's a good point
0: maybe i I think what i'm gonna have to do now is again cordon off because i have to find out the paperwork from her last vaccine appointment to see if she's within date or if she needs a restart but it's like a whole thing Mm -hmm. but i need i essentially i might need to take her to the vet again in the next three or four weeks yeah um so essentially i'm gonna have to start cordoning off parts of the house. And then just chasing Monica around them until Monica's tired and I'm just, like, going through sheer force of Um, (laughs) bloody-mindedness. And then maybe, maybe, if I'm lucky, I'll be able to sort of cheese toastier and put her in a box while she's, like, yowling at me and hissing.
1: I mean, it's... It's a good time. It certainly sounds like you're going to need to film the next time you try and do that, like, that...
0: Uh, t- to be honest with you i don't think i would would ever film it because it was genuinely a bit horrific like um oh. i had to put headphones in because i i i couldn't like actually take hearing her sort of Screaming, yowling yeah. at me as i was trying to pick her up i was like this is one of the worst things i've ever had to do this is fucking horrific oh, that's, that's um, stressful. but you know yeah monica's fine um just a bit fat <laughs> that's it uh so that's exciting um, she's got a thing with her heart that might become a problem, but it also might not. Uh, the vet didn't seem to care, so I don't think it's much of a problem. Wow,
1: what a story! Um. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he oh. could write a short story about that, like the most horrific story ever. Like that would be like uh, the boogeyman or anything like that. Like that's, oh yeah. Well, there you go, folks. Uh- <laughs>
0: Yeah, they, the odyssey of me taking my cat to the vet. Um, if anybody else has ever tried to take a cat to the vet, um, I imagine they will have a similar story. Unless you have just a really chilled out cat. Mm. Maybe I should get one of those things. You see them in adverts where everybody's like, oh, my cat was pissing up the wall and tearing the sofa apart. And now I, my cat's on drugs. So it's really chilled out. Um, yeah. Feliway or something. It's like a
1: diffuser for cats. I don't know if there is such a thing as a chilled-out cat. I think they're all pretty, <laughs> you know, intense. Um,
0: I think the thing with cats is they're sort of a lesson in consent in a very strange way. It's like true. you cannot do anything with a cat if they do not want, enthusiastically want to do yeah. it. Like, um, you cannot play with them, you cannot stroke them, you cannot feed them even if they don't want to be fed sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and the sort of most bizarre thing of it all is um, it that's essentially... Because when Monica first got here, she'd spent five months at um, the cat home. Uh-huh. That, that can't possibly be the right word for that. but <laughs> you, you, I'm sure you know what I mean. Um, she'd spent five months there in a room with, like, um, feral cats and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she was really sort of petrified 24-7 for five months. And we got her home, and she was petrified of us. And um, she would... Um, like I remember, at the, at, the, at first it was like very small milestones. Like she would, would be sat watching the TV and it'd be like, "Oh, Monica's hiding behind the sofa while 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 we're also in here and the TV's on. That's amazing." Yeah. And now Monica will just stand on you, like <laughs> I want food, I want you to feed me now. <laughs> so you know.
1: Well, I mean, I think I need a break after that. jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I felt as a. That's all right.
0: Yeah, I I was like running on adrenaline a bit. Yeah. Cuz I was like late to the vet. Um well I wasn't. I was about 30 seconds early. But um I was walking there like, "Oh my god, I'm going to be late. Monica, since when have you been this fucking heavy <laughs> um carrying this crate around?" Um and then um yeah, I got back uh cuz it was all sort of downhill on the way back just because of where our house is and where the vet is. Yeah. Um and I sort of got home put the cat down opened the crate she jumped out and went and had some food and then there's some hilarious pictures i took of her sat in a box giving me the evils um just staring at me really annoyed at me oh, for um sake. i was fucking knackered she was knackered um i was literally sat on the sofa and i was like i'm so sweaty and tired <laughs> this has been such a bizarre experience for me yep. um monica sat on the sofa next to me and just sort of sat with her face to me, so she could see if I moved, and just fell asleep straight away. Like Aww. no, no trying to get comfortable, just like <sighs> so, snoring away. And then I was there on the sofa, just like <sighs> I don't even have the energy to like make a cup of coffee to go and do some work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was, it was an ordeal, and um, I'm glad I've been able to
1: share it on the podcast. Yes. Was Was there any sort of animosity afterwards, or was she alright? Was she?
0: Um. No animosity as such. She's a bit spooked of me now, um, but it'll go with time. I think it, it's um when Chloe's in the house, she's not. She's completely fine. But when it's just me and her, she's a bit spooked. Yeah. Um, which isn't great, obviously. No. But you know, it'll it'll go with time. Because in an ideal world, she'll go on one vet visit per year. So <laughs> in in the course of the coming year, she will forget about this and we'll go back to normal sort of thing. It's just yep. frustrating for the next week or two.
1: True. Oh well. <laughs> That's a shame, and hilarious. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, uh, yep. <laughs> oh.
0: So what are we talking about today, Dan?
1: Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the film uh, School of Rock, and uh, it was written by uh, Mike White, and it was uh, directed by Richard Linklater, and um, I don't know if I pronounced that right, um, and is starring Jack Black. That's how I
0: would have pronounced it, yeah.
1: Yeah. Jack Black, Mike Mike White, uh, Sarah Silverman, Joan Cusack, uh, and Miranda Cosgrove, and a lot of other people.
0: Yeah, so so many people are in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a kind lot. Of a bit crazy.
1: Um, do you have an opening statement? Um, I do. Uh, this is yet
0: another s- film <laughs> that. It seems to be out there where it starts out and you're like oh it's just a light-hearted comedy movie and then for the final two-thirds you're like this is literally the greatest film <laughs> i've ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah. um yeah i i absolutely adore this film it was a pleasure to watch it again um and i, I love i love jack black at the end of the day so yeah. what what could possibly be wrong with that? Um, have you got an opening
1: statement? Um, I do. Uh, an absolute classic, a hilarious and heartwarming film about opposing authority, accepting yourself and realising that winning isn't everything. One great rock show can change the world, man. Uh. Yeah, rock and roll. <laughs> <coughs>
0: yeah. Um. No, yeah, I completely agree with you. It starts out, like you say, a light-hearted, sort of jokey Jack Black movie and then it's... Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah, it's it's about how rock and roll is sticking it to the man, and, and I don't know, there's, there's something so, not romantic in the going on a date sense, but romantic in the Viva the Revolution yeah, type sense exactly. of, like, storming the gates, and
1: you know what I mean? Definitely. Um, do you have any uh, CRQs?
0: <laughs> For a second, then, I looked down at my sheet, and I was like space rhinos what (laughs) oh right okay that's the wrong one um um, i think this in a strange way is almost like a teaching manual in a weird way it's like i absolutely adore this is less of a crq more of a crs but Mm -hmm. i sort of adore how jack black sort of i mean i know it's not actually jack black but how he sort of relates to the students individually and teaches them individually as individual students and i think that's something that I think it's it's lacking accidentally from our school system, but I think it's something yeah. that is lacking and I think it's worth talking about. I think the reason it's lacking accidentally is because class sizes are in- absurdly incredibly ridiculously high. I remember um when I left high school our math class had 30 people in it, which was it's not a lot. Like we we are, we were not an exceptionally huge high school. Um but i remember we didn't actually have enough chairs in the room mm-hmm. to fit all the kids in we had to like sort of bring in extra chairs from adjacent classrooms and put them on the ends of desks and stuff like that and i think when you have a class that big you cannot relate individually to students and say okay why are you lewis brindley having trouble with this specific thing and then and, and help that child with it yeah i think um that's the really impressive thing this film does, is Jack Black takes the
1: time to actually know all of the students that he's teaching, which is mm-hmm. incredible. No, I, I agree. And like, mm. despite the fact that, like, like you said, there's so many people in this film, they still mm-hmm. manage to give like, a good amount of time for the students to like, sort of develop their own sort of characters, like, which yeah. is kind of insane. You know, like, every student is yeah. like, memorable. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, so
0: no, the pacing's really right. good. Um mm. But um the um the thing I I do uh draw it back to sometimes is it's oh, this is a bit of a bit of a a um bit of a tangent but you're going to have to stick with me Right, okay. It's 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 like how homeopathic medicine is seen as a viable alternative to actual medicine. Um when of course right. it isn't. <laughs> don't 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 please Christ if you're listening and there's something up go to a doctor don't go to a man with some herbs um i I, um the reason i think it's seen as a as an alternative is because the first um the first appointment in a homeopathic sort of doctor process is a several hours long consultation where Mm -hmm. they say at great length please describe everything that is wrong with you and that's that, that That is the difference between sort of the NHS and a homeopathic thing is the fact that at the NHS, I can go to my doctor and say, yeah, my arm hurts, and then he'll look at it and go, no, it's fine, go on Because he's got three million appointments that day. Yeah. And I um, have to, I'm just one of his appointments rather than this homeopathic method. They've got three people that day, so they can afford to take several hours listening to every intricate detail of your case. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's going on here, is that because Jack Black has the the ability to get to know these kids incredibly well and sort of relate to them on a personal level, his teaching of them only gets better with time.
1: Yeah, whereas, like, the other teachers probably, because of, like, whether it be, like, bureaucracy, don't... Mm. Uh, really, like, like, you see at the beginning, Miss Mullins has a really hard time sort of relating to uh, the students. Like, she's like, uh, don't cry, let's like, share... <laughs> like shouting at this, this little girl who's upset she's like don't cry would you like a hug like...
0: it's like um every episode of dance moms ever yeah <laughs> like stop crying have
1: fun <laughs> it's like,
0: oh my god mum, stop screaming at me
1: no definitely um what is your favorite rock band lewis
0: in real life.
1: Yeah. Um, but no in the What? <laughs> well, I thought you might have meant in the film. Um, oh, no.
0: That's a tough question to answer. I prefer rock that has a bit more of a bluesy edge to it. Um, so I'd have to go for... Maybe Royal Blood. They're a sort of a British sort of mm. semi-bluesy, semi-rock and roll type band. I really like them. Yeah. Um, as, a, as a close second, there's a, one of my favourite bands, Wolfmother, who are an Australian rock band... Who again? Their music it feels a bit bluesy. They talk about sort of cool stuff, and but the the songs are either very energetic or very slow. And I don't know. I, I just quite like them. Who is your favorite rock and roll band? Probably the Who. Mm, the Who are good. I um I went through a phase of really loving the Who, and now they're like one of the one of the ones I love. But like I wouldn't. I don't think I'd pick a, an album by them to listen to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you
1: mean. Yeah. Um. I like some of the weird songs that they do. That's why I like them. They're sort of obscure ones, um, but yeah. Um, I I think uh, Patty, who's uh, Ned's g- girlfriend, isn't as unreasonable as we're meant to believe that she is. Okay. Um, because, like all she's doing is like complaining that Dewey is um, you know, pretending to be a teacher and, like, mm. not paying rent. And, like, he even says himself, it's like, I've been mooching off you for years, why is it suddenly a problem? Like, at the beginning <laughs> of the film, Dewey's not a nice person at all. Yeah, maybe yeah. Maybe she's a bit, like, controlling, maybe, but, like, I don't think it's as bad as, like, the film uh, we're supposed to buy into. Yeah. yeah, um, Which is kind of weird. You know, you'd think if... if if Patty's going to be, like, an antagonist or, like, uh, another representation of the man, then yeah. you know, you think that she'd be a bit more unreasonable, but all she's saying is could you please pay uh, my my boyfriend <laughs> rent, rent? rent? That would be alright. And uh, not pretend to be him and teach students when you're <clears throat> unqualified? Like, I mean, uh, I guess.
0: That's, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I think it's um something that the film deals with in a very, a surprisingly eloquent way is, um, the difference between having an actual problem with something and having a sort of an emotional problem with something. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I can, un- like, uh, I think that it comes across in that, that point you just made about how Jack Black sort of knows, well, yeah, I have got to pay rent, but that doesn't mean I want to be happy about it. Yeah. Like, um, I think that's his sticking it to the man is, for fuck's sake, yeah, I know I've got to pay rent, but I'm not, I'm not happy about it, sort of thing. I think that's sort of his sticking it to the man ism in a strange way.
1: Yeah, how much is it? Eos at the beginning is it like twenty two hundred or I, something? I cannot remember. You could put a
0: gun to my head and I would still not remember. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs>
1: uh, I fucking hate the man, Lewis Mm. Well, I hate. Yep, I, me too. I, I, I really hate the man. Um, whoever. Well, it's
0: because you might not
1: have quite realised
0: this one, but uh, the man is a metaphor for capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have
1: realised this. <laughs> don't say that don't say the c word the fbi could be listening or whatever (laughs) whatever we have mi6 Um,
0: yeah mi6 could be listening to this nonsense (laughs) that i'm talking about while i'm sipping a rapidly cooling cup of coffee for capitalism boys let's move in (laughs) let's move in arrest him quick um um yeah i i i hate the man which is definitely not capitalism yeah um Similarly, I hate that it's um we live in a society Ooh, we live in a society. <laughs> <laughs> we um, we live in a world in which you have to just do stuff. I hate that we live in a world where things are valued based on money. What's the word I'm looking Yeah, valued based on money rather than valued it's um it's the best example I have of this, and I know this is it's it comes across as wishy washy hippie bullshit, but like the best example I have is how sort of the creative arts are valued much less than um, other careers. Yeah. Just by virtue of the fact that they are valued less monetarily. But that's just shit. I think it's a, it's an innate human thing that we create. It's an innate human thing that we sing or dance or act or write or whatever it might be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's disgusting that we consider that to be a trait to be stamped out. Yeah. Say, no, no, we shouldn't. we should stop um people from pursuing careers in music or pursuing careers in, in the performing arts because really they should all be accountants because that's where the money is. Yeah so, exactly. Yeah, that is where the money is. But everybody wants to be a singer for a reason. Everybody wants to have fun. Everybody yep. wants to be happy. Why can't we let that happen? And it I hate that the man, which is definitely not capitalism, <laughs> encourages you to just be like, no no, follow the market trends. No. Pick out how um, many Careers that will be profitable, and then do it even if you
1: hate it. Do it until you die. Yeah, it's disgusting. Just accumulate as much wealth as possible before you finally yep. drop off. Like, I mean, you're right. I think it's disgusting. Um, oh, accumulate as much wealth as you can, so that,
0: so that the only way that your children and grandchildren can afford to buy a house is when you die. They will have your money, and then they can maybe use it to buy half a house.
1: Yep. Um oh.
0: Uh, right. This, today is too early. It's too early to be getting annoyed about capitalism. <laughs> I've, I've I haven't even finished my first coffee yet.
1: Did, do his do his speech about the man really hits home as well? Like when he when he's like, "Oh, you mm-hmm. want me to teach you something?" And then he just goes on to this freaking rant. I mean, I that was like, even though it's meant to be funny, it's you know, <laughs> makes mm. some good points. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, um, I, I like
0: that. Um, in if we, I mean, I'm being a bit pretentious here so you know feel free to call me a twat but (laughs) i think that um the reason that it kind of not rings true but the reason that i think we like it so much is that if we view the man as capitalism which is kind of what they're all annoyed at yeah then jack Black's sort of alternative world is this meritocracy in which people do what they want because they want to do it and they're good at it and that's the end of it. Yeah. There's no hidden motivations, there's no hidden profiteering. It's just, oh, you want to design the costumes? Yeah, okay. Oh, you want to be the lead singer? Yeah, okay. You're good at it. Yeah. Get 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 practicing sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. That's just is the please tell me that I've not that we have not accidentally stumbled across another film about capitalism. We, we... I suppose every film is, you know.
1: Well, maybe maybe more broader is like authority. Like maybe that's yeah, what yeah, it's yeah. like which which you know, capitalism is, but like it sort of extends to more than just you know, money. I think like it's it's opposing sort of the rules and people telling you what not to do. Um Yeah, yeah. But no, um I really like the I really like this uh body positivity from Dewey when he's talking to uh Tamika yeah um, yeah bear in mind this is like in the early 2000s so they were in britain especially they were still making like tv shows about like britain's fattest family and all that yeah like yeah so for this to like, come out in like, a hollywood film it's kind of it's kind of kind of pretty forward forward thinking yeah, for back then yeah it's kind of brilliant yeah yeah no but it's that's that's a really good scene really heartwarming um mm.
0: i like that um the only acceptable response to um, sort of, oh, people are going to laugh at me for what I look like or whatever is, well, fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them right off. It, it doesn't matter what they think. They're just some dickhead from wherever. It, Who cares? Exactly. Like, um, I like that the film acknowledges that that's kind of the only acceptable response, really. <laughs> yeah. Because um, if you say, oh, well, you know, if, if you make allowances for people that start to laugh at somebody based on their appearance, then... That's it's a slippery slope, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, I like that the film acknowledges that well fuck them is the proper response. <laughs> exactly. Um uh, this is a joke I've seen made um sort of on a lot of like D and D groups and stuff. It's I like that Jack Black is as a person both in real life and in this, is what you get if you just are charismatic to the maximum if you are just the most charismatic you could possibly be, <laughs> yeah. Jack Black is is, um, is is what you'd end up with. Um, I, I love that he's like... Because um, he kind of fast-talks his way into working at a school and,
1: and improving the lives of kids and doing that sort of... It's kind of great. Yeah, and it's not even intentional at the beginning, where it's like it's just mm. him sort of trying to get some money and then he realises, oh no, these kids are pretty, pretty good. Um... um I don't know if uh, you know um, Billy. Uh, yes. Um, he's played by uh, a man named um, Brian uh, F. Phil uh, Ful- uh, Dulo and um. Okay. Just as a, as a side thing, you should you should look up his story after after this film came out, and uh, the way he was treated by um, people around him for for being you know too gay. Or whatever, it's um, it's really heartbreaking and, and actually quite inspiring. So I, anyone that that's interested should should check that out. Yeah, uh, just mm-hmm. to say. Um, but see, from a utilitarian point of view, is mm. Dewey's actions moral in the end?
0: Are you asking me?
1: Yeah. Um.
0: <sighs> from a utilitarian perspective, yes. Because he's increasing the amount of good for the greatest number of people in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, well, that's a strange way to say that. But I think you get what I mean. He's, he's uh, from that utiliti- utilitarian, the greatest good for the greatest number. That's what he's doing. Yep. Um, if you take a more sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You used it in the Ratatouille podcast. Uh, deontological that's uh, point of view. Yep. Um, towards what Dewey does, then no, it's not moral because he, <laughs> like, he doesn't have any kind of teaching certification, yeah. and he's just walking into a school and he's responsible for a classroom full of children. That's not a responsible thing to do as a person. No, <laughs> I think uh, it's the, well. The thing is, it's it's hard to say it is, and it's hard to say it isn't. It's somewhere in the middle, I guess. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Um, I think it made everyone better people. Like, it it made. Well Yeah, yeah, I think so. It made the the kids sort of more confident about themselves. Um Yeah, true. Uh, Zach with his with his parents decided that this is what he wants to do and um mm-hmm. his dad sort of appreciates that at the end. Um um Summer got to realise her sort of uh, potential with being band manager and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. what else? Uh Tamika with with her confidence issues, like, every, all the all the kids seem to let, just be more sort of rounded and, and able to let's see their potential, their own abilities and stuff. Yep. yeah. which probably mm. wasn't possible in the sort of curriculum that they were in. Um, Miss Mullins, she seems to no, be yeah. I think you're right. More sort of relaxed by the end of the film. All the parents as well. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it it seems to. Have worked out quite well, but still, I don't think you should be. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone listening? Oh, okay. Going to become a fake (laughs) teacher then? Get Um, up and
0: infiltrate a school then? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I. Yeah, it seems to have worked out for the best, but I think that's more, more, more by luck than judgment. I think. Yeah.
1: Um. It's the only film. This is the only film where I would happily sit through the credits because the credits are just them (laughs) goofing off and singing. Which is pretty cool. Like, it's just they're singing "A uh, uh, Long Way to the Top," I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. Which is and it's just I forgot that I was watching the credits because like their performance is so good and the fact that they can all play <laughs> music, like, that's just them doing that. That that's I know mental. that's so cool.
0: Yeah, it's one of my uh, sort of frustrations when you see um. Uh, like actors and stuff that uh, can't really play an instrument and they're sort of pretending to be able to play it. It's like, well, lots of actors can play these instruments. You could just
1: pick an actor yeah.
0: slightly less famous that can play the violin, for example. Uh, I don't know.
1: Definitely. Um, What a soundtrack as well. Some of the songs. Yeah, definitely. Like Just absolute classics on there. You know, mm-hmm. it really feels you like know, it fits mm-hmm. into what you were saying about the whole... Uh, romantic sort of romanticization of like rock and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um you know what else has a banging soundtrack? Um Megamind. <laughs> we'll do- sorry, you cut out then, you're right. We'll do
1: Megamind Lewis, okay. <laughs> 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 I'm just that's all I'm getting from this. I'm just getting Lewis really wants to do fucking Megamind. Uh- <laughs> it's because it's the greatest film of the 21st century. <laughs> Okay. Well we'll definitely d- <laughs> We'll do it then. Oh my god. Do you know what else has a good gra- like yeah, this film's got a good great- do you know what else has got a great soundtrack? Mega Mind. Did you ever think about that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh god. Um, no you're right, this movie does have a good soundtrack. Um I'm a big fan of When It Works. Mega Mind. Um- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of Megamind. Uh, no, I'm a big fan of When It Works, um, movie studios and directors and stuff, picking, not pop songs necessarily, but popular songs that are really good in the film that they're in, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, um, I think there are films it works in and films it doesn't work in. It worked in, bizarrely, Jumanji and Jumanji 2. They picked out a couple of um, popular songs. Uh, they're okay. They're mm-hmm. not like masterpieces of cinema but they're good um they yeah they picked out a couple of like i think it was bon jovi and guns and roses and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and and put them into the soundtrack and yeah it worked quite well surprisingly um and it works really well here but there are also films in which it doesn't work quite so well yeah for example um a film about a, a group of people maybe a squad and um, they're on like some kind of mission on which they might die. And maybe <laughs> Will Smith, just as a theoretical example, might say, so what are we, some kind of suicide squad? Um, just as a theoretical example, or, that might be a film
1: in which it might not work. Or we're bad guys, it's what we do. <laughs> yeah, because that's how it works. Like, people yep. commit crime because they're bad guys. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah, they're inherently bad people, yeah. obviously. Cool, cool. That's how cool. the
1: judicial system works, Danny. Yep, of Duh. course.
0: Makes sense. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um what's that other stupid fucking line from that movie? Um Oh it's the, the family line. Um I already lost one family. I'm not gonna lose another. Yeah, but the Mate, you, you've you known may... <laughs> us for like three days
1: <laughs> No, true. Um uh, I think I may be on notes.
0: Me too. It's because we keep picking good films yep. to do that are, that are really we... good. And then we're like, oh, yeah,
1: these are good. Now let's talk at great length about some different other films. And now we're going to talk about Megamind, which is also <laughs> a great <laughs> film. Do you know, I have I have a radical proposal, Lewis. Oh, okay. We haven't decided next week's film. We haven't, no. So why don't we just fucking do Megamind Mind, get out of the way? Um. Yes! Oh, my God, I love Megamind. Right,
0: okay. Okay, I'm fucking thrilled right, about this. okay. Oh, Jesus Megamind <laughs> is such a good movie. When was the last time you saw Megamind? Uh, oh, a while ago. Um, I genuinely think that you will be pleasantly surprised by how honestly profound it is. I watched it literally just
1: the other day. It's bizarrely profound. I will... I'm sure I'll feel the same when I watch it again. <laughs> but, um. Do you have a closing statement? Oh. Um, I do have a closing statement.
0: Um, perhaps, as 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 with a lot of Jack Black's work, it starts out as funny and silly and ends up being the greatest thing you have ever watched or listened to or anything even slightly adjacent to that. Um, I adore Jack Black and I adore this movie for what it says about confidence and sticking it to the man. Um, I could watch this film on loop forever.
1: I agree. Um one of my only regrets in life is not playing Dewey Finn in my school's production of this. Oh, um, <gasps> ooh la la! Yep. I did not. Did your, your school did a production of this? That's cool. Yeah, they did the the sort of Broadway version, and um, they asked oh, okay. they asked me to do it, but I was busy filming Four O'Clock Club, wasn't I? I mean, oh. I should have went fuck off, BBC. Uh, <laughs> I've
0: got. I'm to do this unpaid school project. Yeah,
1: we got some rocking to do. <laughs> you know,
0: <I> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we um we never did plays at our school. Bizarrely, really. Um, there was before I got there. They did a performance of Greece, as in Greece Lightning, with like John Travolta oh. and all that. Um, and like the sixth formers, were like, played the the main characters in it. Yeah. Um, and then. After that, they just mysteriously never made another play ever again. I'm sure there was some kind of reason that I am I was too 11-year-old to know. Yeah. But, but you know, I remember thinking, that's a bit weird.
1: Well, that's a shame. I, I like the set mm-hmm. of school plays that I did. Um, hmm. but anyway, I did nativities before... <laughs> at primary school. That's about as close ah, as I yeah. thought. <laughs> well, they, they're the classics, mm-hmm. aren't they? They're going right I'll back. have you
0: know, I was Joseph, so... I was the... What does that tell you, hmm?
1: I was the Christmas star. Uh, Fantastic! Did you have to wear
0: a star costume? I did, yeah. Oh, I love it! Did you have? Did you like? What? Describe the star costume to me in extreme detail, please. It, it, it
1: was it was uh, silver. Wow! Yes, and it was shaped like a star. Lovely. And um, I had glitter on my face, um, which is mm-hmm. fabulous. Um. Yeah, of course. Uh, and uh, I had sand shoes on, so lovely. It was great. Yeah, and mm-hmm. tights and and white tights. So
0: mm-hmm. exciting times.
1: Yep, yeah, I was essentially the narrator for the thing, which uh, oh, which was shite because like, <coughs> I didn't want to do it, but they made me do it. So I gave the best <laughs> performance I could. And uh, mm. I won an Oscar. The mark of for a for true professional. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep, definitely. Yep. But, um, be- I'm just imagining somebody I- from the Oscars committee or someone from the Academy in in the audience at your primary school, just like oh, that that boy that's playing the star is is exp- extremely talented.
1: Yep. Before, but before I relive any more trauma, uh, let's <laughs> let's go with the shilling. Um, <laughs> uh the podcast has um link trees uh, and lewis's link tree is a uh, link slash lewis underscore and uh mines is slash ohiram and the podcast is slash shouting into the void oh, Indeed it is. got that right um uh Woo! we also have a <laughs> we also have a paypal donate button so anything you can spare anything at all would be greatly appreciated um We also have Patreon, and we take the opportunity every week to thank our wonderful, wonderful patrons. uh, Chloe. Thank you. Darius. Thank you. Sophie. Thank you. Peter. Thank you. Aditya. Thank you. Richard. Thank you. Natalie. Thank you. And Dougie. Thank you. One and all, you keep the lights on at Void
0: Towers, and you make it possible to do what we do and have a great time while we do it. Um, you allow us to do uh, allow allow me to indulge whims like talking at great length about Megamind which I will undoubtedly do next week Yes. Um, so yes thank you very much for supporting us it means the absolute world um, I hope you
1: enjoy getting this episode 24 hours early absolutely um, we also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble uh, we sell all sorts of stuff like tote bags uh, mugs all sorts of stuff go have a look Get yourself something nice, because why not? Yeah, treat yourself. Go crazy. Uh, Absolutely. Um, And last but not least, we are partnered with an amazing company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue, and Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true indeed I am um, number 12 crochet Avenue is a wonderful company run by my
0: wonderful wife in which she crochets and she's very very good at it uh, there is a reason why well, you should go and follow her on Instagram at number 12 crochet Avenue and that is because the feed is uh, chef's kiss bellissimo beautiful um, and you to go and take a look the uh, the the, the colors the quantity the stitches the everything about it is stupendous to observe and to take part in and I cannot recommend it enough so go and take a look have a wonderful time um i believe in you i believe that you can go to your instagram and search for number 12 crochet avenue
1: (laughs) i believe in you too um (laughs) but there we go uh that was the the school of rock um after megamind we're gonna need to find a shit film or a shit yeah whatever um, just (laughs) yeah
0: um, we could do um no, I can't think of a shit film off the top of my head. We could do The Room again.
1: The Room 2. Uh, another room. Um, <laughs> uh. The Room 2.
0: Next door. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, so
0: mega mind next week. So, sorry, I've got this image of... Um, you know that documentary about the making of The Shining? Um, uh-huh. Room 236 or whatever it's called. Yeah, i got this image of Tommy Wiseau making 235 films. <laughs> and there's somebody watching saying. all of them. And they're watching Room 236 and going... Mean, Oh, I guess, yeah, that was was at all related. <laughs> What's going on there? What a, what a shit joke that was. Quick, end the episode before I lose my mind. Okay. Megamind. Um, oh, see what I did? <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I do see what you did, yeah.
1: Thank you so much uh, for listening. And uh, we will see you, hear you, smell you, um, impersonate as teachers, but ultimately yep. make you more rounded human beings next time. Well, um, hopefully we won't do that, but we will see you next
0: time. (laughs) Bye. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.